broadcasting live from the Santa Lucia Highlands through the heart of the Casterville Artichoke Fields, westward to the Elkhorn Slough, and south to the rugged Big Sur coastline. You're listening to What's the Plan? A weekly discussion with local thought leaders about the future of Monterey County. And now, here's your host, Mr. Paul Wyant. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. We have a great show for you today featuring Mr. Dave Potter. He's the current mayor of Carmel-by-the-Sea, and he has previously served as Monterey County's 5th District Representative and Chairman of the Monterey County Board of Supervisors. He also represented Central Coast on the California Central Coast Commission and Monterey City Council Planning Commission and Fort Ord Reuse Authority. Welcome to the program, Mr. Potter. My pleasure to be here. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, it's great to have you. Uh, you've done so much for the peninsula and so much for both the, the city of Monterey and uh, the city of Carmel-by-the-Sea and, and just just some great things in your life. I'm really excited about the conversation. So well, I appreciate First, the opportunity. Yeah, let me let me uh, plug your uh, your website real quick, davepotterformayor.com. So if you want to get a hold of uh, Mr. Potter or make a political donation, go to Dave pottermayor.com okay uh first thing first thing i wanted to ask you uh about is uh if you could tell us a little bit about your early life and what led you to the monterey peninsula so uh, uh my life's kind of one big accident i don't even have my real parents i'm adopted but uh i was a ski bum in Vail in 71 came to california for the summer and was heading back for the next season when i got to the top of the carmel hill i actually ran out of gas and money basically so i rolled into town got a job in a restaurant and never left so one big accident same kind of thing with my political career. Never really took in any political poli-sci courses or anything. Fell into government by accident, too. Met my wife uh, 9,000 miles away in Dubrovnik, Croatia, by accident. So it's been just a wonderful experience, but it's all been unplanned, let me tell you. <laughs> that well, that's really really cool. What so what when you first entered uh, uh, politics? It was probably this. Was it the city of Monterey? Was that your first political position? It was. I was on the architecture review committee, the planning commission, and then the city council. Um, I ended up on the architecture review committee, as I said, by accident. I was. Uh, I'm from Boston, Mass. Building a colonial house had two bay windows in the front of it. Had to go before this body that I knew absolutely nothing about. It was a random voter, no real political party affiliations, kind of agnostic when it came to politics. And um, so I appeared before the Architecture Review Committee, and it had, as I said, two bay windows in the front of this colonial home. This woman on the Architecture Review Committee says, well, you know, the house is all right, but I've always hated bay windows. Get rid of the bay windows and I'll approve the house. And I said, wait a minute, that's not a reason. It's like a bias or a prejudice. It's a colonial home, clabbered siding, shutter shingles, bay windows. She said, maybe you didn't hear me. Get rid of the bay windows and we'll approve your house. So I got rid of the bay windows, got the house built. About six months later, there was an ad for a vacancy on the Architecture Review Committee. My ex-wife said, uh, hey, Mr. Smarty, why don't you get on that committee with those guys? Set them straight. I said, you've got to be kidding me. Those people are idiots. And she said, well, then if you don't do anything about it, you can't complain anymore. So that's it. Um, that, was, that was the start of it. And have a downhill trajectory ever since. Trajectory ever <laughs> since. But um, yeah, and it's been it's been interesting. I, I really I don't know why it is. I mean, I'm a building contractor by profession. If you irritate me at 8 o'clock, I'll fire you at 8.05. But um, in the public sector, <laughs> but in the public sector, you really don't have that that uh, liberty so it's been it's been really interesting that that's phenomenal yeah i, I was noting to my wife uh, about planning commissions and everything. I was running to my wife when we were walking through uh, Pacific Grove, or you could do this in Monterey or in uh, Carmel. And part of the charm is that the government wasn't really involved when they when they made the cities. It's kind of just like these really densely 
built cities and it's, it's really kind of uh, leads to their charm whereas you think about the, the well-planned things like the uh, suburbs or and things like that that where everything's uniform it just doesn't have quite the same feel so I, I agree with that um, also your wife has a really cool job she is uh, uh, at the conference center right is that correct at the Portola well she's actually uh, the Portola Hotel is independent from the city the city runs the conference center but yes she's the general manager there um, we're going through some pretty tough times right now to be honest with you the hotel's been closed since uh, March and uh, probably isn't going to open until uh, around Christmas and then it'll open as a rooms only facility no food or beverage Mm -hmm. Um, she had to lay off almost 350 people which is very, very heartbreaking. She really prides herself on building a team of workers, not just employees, but a team. And so uh, so it was really, really, it's been really tough on her. She's doing well, but still, it's very hard to break up a team and then, and then reassemble it. You know, when you have a really, really professional team on the field, you lose your players and they got to rebuild, you know, how long that can take. Yeah, because a lot of those people are probably in the wind. They they go off to other places wherever they can find employment. That's And so, so that dovetails into like the, as the mayor the engine that drives all the services you provide is revenue and the and the revenue of Carmel by the Sea is, is over 70% hospitality. So can you talk a little bit about your concerns there? Well, the uh, revenue that drives the city is 76% of our income is tax-based. 70% of, 76% of our budget depends on taxes, whether it's transient occupancy tax, whether it's sales tax, whether it's property tax, or Measure C. That is our main revenue generator, is the economic core of the city. So obviously, we've been seriously impacted by the pandemic. And uh, how we're going to recover is going to be a challenge. There's no real playbook for this. Um, we're, we're going along trying to you know invent as we go along, trying to figure out what works Fortunately, sidewalk dining has been very successful and has been able to keep the businesses open. Retail has been challenged, obviously, because you can only have so many people in your shop. But um, as far as uh, the uh, tourism goes, we have been lucky in that there has been a return of uh, the visitors. Um, it's seasonal. It's not uh, It's not the uh, overseas travelers. They're gone. But it's more st- mostly leisure travel from the Bay Area, from the Valley. Um, but unfortunately, our rooms have been relatively full over the weekends. So we're heading into the shoulder season, though. We're heading into the winter months when occupancy obviously falls off significantly. So we're very concerned about what the economic future of the community is. We had the Carmel Residents Found Association Forum last last night, and I was amazed that nobody called up and asked about the budget. It was all questions about you know other issues, fires on the beach, the forest, all those kind of things. But without the without the economy prospering, without us meeting our meeting our benchmarks, we're not going to be able to provide the critical service that this community expects and has come to enjoy. So I have a, a couple follow up questions. There, measure. Can you talk a little bit about Measure C first? I w- I'm interested to hear more about that. So Measure C was a, a tax based um, proposed initiative that was put before the public um, a few months ago. It was overwhelmingly approved by a majority, which is good. But um, it was intended to go ahead and provide a vehicle to go ahead and fund our PERS obligation to keep critical services in place. Fortunately, that passed. Um, prior to the pandemic hitting. So we are we are dependent on that. Unfortunately, it's a sales tax-based income. So if the sales tax is off, then the measured funds from Measure C will be off. So uh, it's uh, it's fortunate it passed. Um, it's actually 3.1 million of our budget. I can actually, actually have the stats right here. Transient occupancy tax is 2.5 million. Property tax is 6.8 million. Sales tax is 1.9. Measure C is 3.1 million. 
These are projections, but still, you can see how critical they are. Our budget was $2 million less than it was last year. Our employees, we had 96 employees. We're now down to 76. There were 16 unfilled positions. Four people were actually laid off. So we're really lean and mean right now. And um, hopefully we'll be able to rebuild. But right now, we're trying to be as conscientious with the public dollars as possible. That's a lot. 96 to 76 employees. That's, that is incredible. So we're getting close to the half. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, fortunately, 16 of those positions were unfilled at the time. So that that is, uh, you know, you have positions that are unfilled, they're funded. So in case you, you know, if you have an opportunity to hire, you can. So the other thing we did with the budget we were able to do this year that we will not be able to do next year is we use the unfunded, unspent fund balances in certain departments. It was about slightly more than $2 million in carryover funds from the previous year that we were able to use. So that's one of the ways we were able to balance the budget. That will not happen this year because there will be no yeah. excess funds. I'm sorry yeah, to hopefully there's No, no. I, hopefully there's an answer to the pandemic soon because I've talked to like some of the hotel owners in Carmel in specific and they, they're just, the numbers are down quite a bit. So, and, I, and I'm sure you're seeing that. So before the break, so we're about to go into the break and after the break, I want to cover some of the hot topics for Carmel, including maybe annexing new parts of the city. Maybe uh, we could talk about uh, cell towers, addresses. I'm really interested in maybe and in, in how that's uh, working with COVID and maybe people getting packages from Amazon. There's some other issues, uh, streetlights and other things and some other issues in your past, like how you feel about the desal plan. So all of that will be coming up after the break. You're listening to What's the Plan here on 1460 AM Power Talk. And I'm Paul Wyant, and we're talking with the mayor of Carmel-by-the-Sea, Mr. Dave Potter. Stay tuned. One company is on a mission to put a million people to work each year. Sounds like a big number, doesn't it? Not to express employment professionals. We take pride in connecting the right people with the right company. Express Employment Professionals is on a mission to put a million people to work each year. Let us help. We'll open doors for you. For great employees, call Monterey County Express Employment Professionals. 831-920-1230. That's 831-920-1230. Advertising. Love it or hate it, it's a vital tool for business owners to attract customers and earn a living. But some city governments have arbitrary laws about what advertising signs can and cannot say. The First Amendment protects freedom of speech. IJ is committed to defending free speech against excessive and unfair government regulations. Please visit our website today at ij.org to find out how you can help the Institute for Justice. If you're planning an event and searching for the perfect venue, consider the Monterey County Sheriff's Posse Grounds on Old Natividad Road in Salinas. The Posse Grounds has it all. A complete kitchen, barbecue pits. We also have an outdoor stage featuring a large dance area, all in a private setting and wide open spaces. So book your event now. Call 831-444-6267 or visit our website at mcsposse.com. The Monterey County Sheriff's Posse is a not-for-profit organization. About halfway through the show, actually, we've got a little more time than that here as we head back into more of What's the Plan with your host, Paul Wyant, and his guest, the mayor of Carmel by the Sea, Dave Potter. Paul? 
Hey, thank you so much, Mark. As Mark said, we're talking to Dave Potter, the current mayor of Carmel-by-the-Sea, and he's running for re-election. And if you want to learn more about that effort, you can uh, visit his webpage at davepotterformayor.com. And uh, as we were mentioning before the uh, break, I did want to ask uh, the mayor about a couple of uh, hot topics in Carmel. But uh, one thing that's curious to me is I I know that... um, Monterey has, I think they're embracing cannabis, but they're, I just spoke with, uh, I've spoken with the mayor and the city council members and they, they're against, uh, expanding short-term rentals. And then Pacific Grove, I think they're also adopting some cannabis policies, but not expanding short-term rental for the time being to get extra revenue. What are your thoughts on cannabis and short-term rentals, mayor? Well, they're both looked at as revenue generators, but each one has its own separate issues. Um, you know, the city of Carmel is 1.1 square miles. Within uh, less than half a mile of the downtown area, there's two cannabis dispensaries, Synchronicity and Big Surrey Cannabis Botanical, right down in the Carmel Rancho Shopping Center area. You know, they, one of the ironies, in, uh, and this is across the country, I, I've done some consulting for the cannabis community over the last few years. One of the things that's generic across the country is overwhelming majority of the public, and that's the case in Carmel, the overwhelming majority of the public voted for the legalization of recreational marijuana, but they do not, the, the overwhelming majority of the public do not want a dispensary in their neighborhood. I think that's one of the ironies when the public spoke and said, we want it recreational. We just don't want a dispensary in our neighborhood. So that applies to Carmel. As far as short-term rentals go, short-term rentals are not allowed in the downtown area of Carmel as of late. We recently put a moratorium ban on them because they were eating up our only affordable housing, which are the apartments in the downtown area. We were seeing a large proliferation of conversions from short-term rentals to, excuse me, from apartments to short-term rentals. If you could rent a house, um, a studio apartment for $1,800 a month, but you could rent it for $3,000 a week, a week you're certainly going to want to go ahead to use it as a short-term rental. And we would be getting transient occupancy tax off of that. But honestly, at the expense of losing our only affordable housing, it didn't make sense. So uh, uh, short-term rentals are also not allowed in the residential neighborhood. I, I have a fundamental problem with short-term rentals in that if you, it's called single-family residential. It's not called multi-units. It's not called a hospitality district. It's called single-family residential. I think that also goes to one of the other questions that is on the kind of the forefront of local government these days. What about the affordable housing mandate that's coming down from the state of California, where you're mandated to provide a certain number of affordable units in your on your town? Carmel is 1.1 square miles. Our average lot size is 40 by 100. We're, we're, we are built out, basically. Um, to say that um, in a single-family neighborhood, you should have triplex, you could ver- convert your house to a triplex, doesn't make a whole lot of sense when you talk about appropriate zoning, but it is, it is detrimental to our zoning laws and I think impacts the community character of Carmel. However, our arena numbers, our regional, our housing needs analysis numbers in the state of California, only 36 for Carmel. Not going to be that difficult to find 36 units in the downtown area that could be used as as a, a affordable housing. If you're going to have affordable housing, I think it should be deed restricted. So it cannot be all of a sudden, one time you rent it for $800 a month, and then all of a sudden you discover, well, geez, I could get 5000 a month for an 800 square foot unit. Um, I think you're going to find that, that that's going to be the challenges. Can you preserve your neighborhood character? Are you going to go ahead and change your zoning laws to go ahead and allow more cars parked on the street and in violation of your zoning ordinances? I think it's a real challenge. That's a phenomenal answer. I know Monterey is struggling with that exact same thing right now. So it's interesting. Uh, on that to- topic, too, I spoke with Jack Galante, Show 22 or something like that. If you want to go to what's the plan, Monterey.com, you can listen to there. And he was, he's, of course, the great grandson of the founder of Carmel. And one of the principles that the founder of Carmel, interestingly, had was he did not want addresses or mail delivery at the addresses because of 
uh, he wanted that community feel when you go to the post office, as it was explained to me by Jack. And I'm wondering, with COVID and some, you know, certain preferences with the residents, is there some softening in that position you're hearing from residents as far as like allowing Amazon packages or some some sort of mail delivery to their residences? Well, Jack is right. Jack's a good friend of mine, a great supporter, and uh, as you said, one of the founding families of Carmel by the Sea. Um, but uh, you know, I think it would be a political third rail to go ahead and try to change that. I think I don't. I wouldn't suggest changing it. You can, if you want to have it, if you want to have mail delivered to your house, you can go ahead and pay for it supplementally. I had a great experience last Christmas when I came home and there was a box on my front doorstep of caviar that had been delivered to the wrong house. So it was actually <laughs> it was actually sixth in Monteverdi, and so I took it over to the house and didn't appear in anybody's home. So I left it there, thinking, okay, if I'm lucky, he's no nobody's going to come home, and they're out of town, and I'll have to grab it and make sure it doesn't become perishable. So I went back at six o'clock and unfortunately they, they were home. So, but, but the, the delivery <laughs> issue is a challenge, but honestly, it's not insurmountable. Paul, can I add something yeah, to that? Good. Oh, please, Mark. I love you it know, when you jump in, buddy. So I was working on, you know, working for the census for a few weeks and Carmel by the sea was one of the locations that I was working in. And so I was, I became very familiar with, you know, third house, Northwest ocean on seventh or what have you. And, um, it's actually once you get the hang of it, it's not a problem. It's really very, very easy to find out where the houses are in Carmel. So I don't know. I mean, and I did learn my way around town that way. That's one. You know, when you get out into the neighborhood, you kind of learn all the nooks and crannies in the streets and where they go and how to get around on them. But I don't know. I mean, I think it's part of the charm of Carmel that that you don't have addresses on the houses, mm-hmm. and and that's why so many of the homes have their own cute little names so that they can tell a delivery person or someone, you know, look for the blue house with the sign on the garage that says Dave's Castle or something like that. You know? <laughs> Am I right? Well, man? I, I imagine I. Yeah. Mark, you're absolutely right. How difficult can it be to figure out north, south, east, and west? I mean, obviously, the ocean is to the west, so the other side of the street would be to the east, and the north is obviously up Highway 1, not down Highway 1. So we're, we're not, it's not like you're in the middle of uh, Colorado or somewhere, and you don't have any benchmarks for east and west, but it is it is a challenge for some people who just don't understand, you know, how to figure, determine north from south and east from west. I can't tell you the number of people who walk by my house, and they say, Am I, which way is the ocean? Uh, it's like, no, it's not uphill. It's going to be downhill. It's at the bottom of the <laughs> Ocean Avenue. Really, you don't know. What, you, you don't know. You, you don't know the direction to the ocean. <laughs> how did you? How the hell did you get to Carmel? <laughs> Can you smell? They, they, they must you have, know, have, to, they must have to go nose. to Ways, yeah. Ways, and plug in Ocean and see what it says. Oh my God! Yes, you know, follow your nose and follow the salt air. <laughs> That's, and I'm sure. I'm sure uh, UPS or Amazon or someone will figure out how to get the packages there eventually. I did want to ask you too about. Uh, so again with. Um, the, the Carmel is a very small town and, and I don't know if this is an issue or not, but annexing some of the unincorporated parts. And of course this would probably create some zoning problems, uh, like where the Safeway or Barnyard are. Has there ever been talk about annexing, annexing more, uh, land into Carmel by the sea? That's actually an interesting question because a lot of people don't really understand what the boundaries of Carmel are. They actually think that once you get off highway one, whether it's off at Carpenter or ocean or Rio road, Everything west of one is in Carmel. That's not the case at all. Carmel is actually only 1.1 square miles. The Carmel Mission is in Carmel, jurisdiction. The Mission Ranch is not. 
all of Carmel Point is in the county. All of Hatton Field is in the county, and all of the area north of uh, of uh, the of Carpenter, where you come off the highway right in there as you enter, all of that is in the county. Carmel Woods is not part of Carmel proper. There's been some talk of annexation, but I think the question to the public that is in the residents that are in the unincorporated areas: Do you want to go ahead and have Carmel government? telling you how you can build, what you can do with your zoning orders, ordinances. I think that'll be the question to be asked and answered. Uh, on the other hand, the community services that we offer are, we do have our own ambulance. We have a three-minute response time with our ambulance, and we can transport with that ambulance versus other jurisdictions where you can have a first responder there, a paramedic, but you have to wait for the ambulance to show up the transport. So there are some benefits to being in the, in the, in the city where you have direct response from police and fire and the ambulance service. Plus, um, you know, it's always nice to be able to go to City Hall, which is less than a mile from here, from your house, versus having to go over to the Salinas Courthouse to for planning, building issues, or to uh, Aguahito Road. So we are a lot more accessible. But I think that's a question that we may have some discussion about in coming years: is is there a benefit to the people that live in the immediate area? but don't benefit from the services of Carmel, Carmel on a regular basis. Yeah, it's uh, the landscape of, of how the revenue from, um, you know, to shifting it to revenue as far as sales, like Sand City is a really good example of, of that as well. It seems like the revenue generated from retail is very unevenly distributed throughout the county. So I'll, I'll just leave that on its face. I won't <laughs> want to put any words in your mouth. Um, the, uh, let's, uh, maybe we could talk a little bit about cell coverage in Carmel by the Sea. And beach fires. I like both those topics. They're, they're, everybody that's probably listening that doesn't live in Carmel is probably thinking, well, what's controversial about cell towers or uh, beach fires? But uh, but what do, you, what do you think about those things, Mayor? Well, we had a proposal by Verizon to provide a 5G uh, network. The issue was the aesthetics of those towers being placed in uh, the you know the general community. What was the community character impact? by having those cell towers in town. The discussions have been with um, Verizon to go ahead and see if we can accommodate the possible locations of those cell towers in less visible places. Um, so those are negotiations that are ongoing. I suspect we will be able to come to some agreement because the cell tower ser- the cell service is important to uh, people in the community. Beach fires, on the other hand, seem to be incredibly controversial probably the most heated item I've had to deal with uh, in my tenure, possibly in uh, my entire career, because there's one group that's adamantly opposed to them, and there's one group that's adamantly in favor of them. Um, What we had was a test program that was put together by a pilot project. It was put together by the Coastal Commission that allowed for five smokeless fire pits and unlimited propane. It's a two-year program. We're going to see what the public's reaction to that was. That got put on hold because of COVID. So right now, there's a timeout. I think we should restart that program um, once the pandemic has passed and the air quality, obviously, is better. What it has done, though, is our beaches are incredibly pristine pristine and, and very, very white. And, you know, no, there's no charcoal or debris on the beach any longer. So it has had that effect by not having any beach fires. But I think we should go back to the program, restart it, and then go back and test the public sentiment. Ah, oh, that's that's good. I, and uh, are the folks that were against beach fires are they are they warm to the uh, propane fires? Is that, have you have you found that? Yeah, no, the propane fires are, are are a lot better. You know, actually, if you look at it statewide, the ban on fireplaces and new construction has been. Uh, you know, I'm a building contractor, and we don't build any fireplaces anymore that are actually wood burning. They're all gas lit. 
So it's a it's an aesthetics issue. But there is a group that said, I, you know, I grew up with beach bonfires. It's I'm, I have a nostalgic attachment to it, and uh, I would just say that you know what what was what went on a hundred years ago is not necessarily relevant to how we operate the world today. On a side, this is just my own personal curiosity as a building contractor. Are, are gas stoves, like nat, uh, natural gas stoves, are those still allowed in new construction in California? Yeah, they are. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, there was a ban, attempt to ban them in the Bay Area. And uh, people who were, you know, the professional chefs of the world came out and said, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, they say we can't use gas mm-hmm. stoves to go ahead and cook on. It's rather limiting. I agree. I agree. So let, I want to ask you real quick about the Carmel River and the desal plant. Uh, as we maybe the last couple topics that we talk about, will the, the Carmel River not drawing water from the Carmel River, is that going to impact Carmel by the sea, maybe Carmel Valley at all? Or is that mainly going to impact the, uh, the broader peninsula? Well, so State Order 9510 was passed and it was put in place by the Water Resources Control, State Water Resources Control Board to address the overpumping of the Carmel River. Um, you know, so there we, we had a state order that came down and said you have to reduce the illegal diversions from the river or we will start ratcheting back on you as far as the amount of water that the community uses. I would answer that by saying that Carmel, Monterey, even if Peninsula Unified, not cooler, so Monterey Peninsula Water Management District, those uh, those people that are in the Calam service area, we use less water than anybody else in the state of California from a conservation standpoint. The state's desired, the state average user uses 230 gallons a day. The state's desired goal is 130 gallons a day. Our average user uses 80 gallons of water a day. That's way, way lower than the average desired goal set by the state of California. We also have a, a suite of water uh, creating opportunities that no other district has. We've got, we have one dam on the river. We have a aquifer storage and recovery project where you take excess flow off the Carmel River and inject it into the seaside aquifer during the winter months. We have a, we have a waste treatment facility that it takes takes treated wastewater and irrigates world class golf courses and internationally distributed produce, artichoke fields in Casterville. We also have a two desal plants, one in Sand City and one in uh, the, at the aquarium. So as far as diverse possible water sources, we've got everything under the sun. Will it will a desal plant in Sand in in, uh, that Calam is proposing get built, I rather doubt it because the Cal because it was Calam. Is anybody other than Calam that was going to do it? There might be public sentiment to go ahead and do the project, but Calam is so despised in this community that I doubt that there will be any support at the Coastal Commission level for that project. That said, I do believe there is a project out there that does make sense, and that was the old Monterey Regional Water Project, which was a combination of Marina Coast Water, the county, and Calam. That project fell apart because there was an individual, Steve Collins, who was the chairman of the water. Resources Control Resources Agency for Monterey County. He was also working as a consultant to one of the subcontractors on the project. That was a conflict of interest. He was convicted of mm. that, of a, of a felony, found guilty. The project fell apart. I think that project could be reconstituted and reconstructed, and I think that would be a regional solution. It had the support of all of the jurisdictions. It helped Marina, it helped the county, and it helped the peninsula. So I think that, that, is, that I would support putting that project back together, candidly. What, what would it help to dust that off then? Are, are, do you, are you working with other local leaders to kind of bring that back? So so I think what it'll take, it'll take an awful lot of ego um, management because there's some bad, bad blood between the county, Marina Coast, and Calam. And that's why I say you took Calam out of the equation. Now, not to say they're bad people, they're just management. Their corporate structure is such, they're rather user-unfriendly, if you ask me. Um, but if you go ahead and t- could find somebody at the water management district to be the leader on that project, I think you could reconstruct that project, but you'd have to get you'd have to get 
the egos at the county and at at, at Marina Coast to realize let's recognize let's forget the past and move forward with into the future and if that project would benefit marina i think the marina residents would understand that we can solve this problem i want to get more information about that and i'll bring it up with wendy rudescu or steve mcshane the next time i talk to them because maybe they could be the fresh voices in that conversation that's that's wonderful you've been listening to what's the plan on uh central coast uh 1460 am and 101.1 fm we've been talking to dave potter the current mayor of carmel by the sea thank you so much mayor that was fantastic hope to have you back sometime that was great this show is brought to you by monterey county's express employment professionals let us find your next great employee you can find us by simply googling express employment monterey or by going to expresspros.com or you can call me at 831-920-1230 thanks again to the great mark uh, carbonero who is the producer of this program and of course david marzetti who made all of this possible thank you mayor and have a great day everyone it keeps spinning around